The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello and welcome everyone to the Stardom Cast. This is a podcast. We talk about all things Stardom Wrestling. We do it a positive and what I like to think fun manner. My name is Matt Turner. I am your host for the evening or the day or the morning or the evening. Depends on when you're listening. And this is episode number 80. And now that I think about it, the number 80 has special meaning to me because it's the jersey number of my favorite National Football League player, of all time, the San Francisco treat himself, Mr. Jerry Rice, the all-time NFL touchdown leader. And, and um, as I'm recording this, I'm sure Sean, as he's listening to this, the editor-in-chief, probably puts a big smile on his face because I know he is the biggest 49er fan I know. So, hey, good way to start this, number 80. So since it's number 80, we better do something special and let's have a mega episode podcast. I did mention last week. That only the epi- uh, excuse me only night eleven of the five star Grand Prix was up. So today we'll be going through uh, shows 12, 13, and fourteen. So we have an absolutely loaded show. But before we get into that, I do want to thank everybody that came out to the Colossal Con Wrestling Show in the uh, beautiful Poconos, Pennsylvania, in the fantastic Kalahari Resort. That was probably one of the most fun times I had wrestling in my twenty plus years career. As a professional independent wrestler, uh, comic books, Comic-Con, and pro wrestling, literally two of my favorite things, sandwiched all in one. is one of the largest crowds I ever performed in front of. The crowd was actually so massive that at one point uh, somebody came in, I don't know if it was somebody from the con or the fire marshal said, that's it, no more people. There was just too, too many people in the show. So uh, I had a lot of people come up to me and Tell me how much they love the podcast and a lot of people uh, saying that they were just starting getting to stardom and maybe some new listeners listen to this. So welcome. Come on in. Any questions, comments, just, you know, let me know. And this is a safe place. This is a safe, positive place where we talk about the wonderful, fantastic world that is stardom. And again, we do it in a fun and friendly and positive manner. We don't want any bullying or any of the negativity that goes on in this world, uh, in this podcast. So um, and again, before we get into the uh, main crux of the show and like i said it is going to probably be a longer longer show i do want to plug our first advertiser we have our first advertiser www.puro-tv.com use the discount code vista10 for 10 percent off your first order i did make an order about two or three weeks ago i posted pictures up of my arisa hoshinki dvd set uh, i'm sure as most of you know i am a collector i collect a lot of comic books action figures and dvds i know mostly everything nowadays is streaming and i do have a lot of streaming services 
but I still like to collect my DVDs, whether it's the Marvel Steelbook cases or, you know, whatnot. So I still do like to collect my DVD sets and wait to you if you folks have not visited this website. Again, it's puro.tv, uh, excuse me, puro-tv.com. Some of the DVD sets they have on here, and not only just Stardom. I mean, there's a bunch of really cool Stardom stuff. Uh, they have a two-disc Julian Ice Ribbon set, two-disc Julia in Stardom set. Again, the Risha Hoshinki DVD set that I got. I believe it was like an eight-disc uh, Hazuki set. Pretty much all of the five-star Grand Prix and Cinderella tournaments all in one DVD set. There's like an eight-hour Minoru Suzuki set. There's like, even for your old school fans, there's like stuff from St. Louis from like the 60s and 70s, but like Luthez. So I thought like that's that's just really cool. So uh, yeah, by all means, uh, when you get a chance, definitely go out and check out the website. And use the code VISTA10 for 10% off your order. Last little bit of business before we get into these three absolutely amazing shows uh, from this past week is I did watch the tag match between the Just Tap Out girls of Inaba and Aoi. Aoi? Aoi? I'll eventually get it. Uh, <laughs> versus the uh, former, former Donald Del Mundo team members uh, representing Stardom, Mirai and Micah. Absolutely love that match. Probably about an hour after the match ended, my Twitter was blown up that I needed to see this match. So, um, I, hey, I aim to please, so I did watch the match, and me being a tag team wrestler for the majority of the uh, last five, six years of my career, I absolutely love this match, enjoyed it. You have four absolutely fantastic, fantastic wrestlers, uh, and if it's if it does pop up either on Stardom World or Daily Motion or YouTube, I think that will be a match. Like, if it's easy, accessible, I think maybe that's a match that we will be doing a watch-along for the Red Belt tier Patreon members somewhere down the line. And just to, again, I'm not going to get into it because, like I said, I, I, I would like to do a watch along with that match. But if I'm going to give it a rating, that would be four and three-fourth stars for me. Absolutely tremendous. One of the best tag matches I've seen all year from any wrestling promotion. Okay, now we got that out of the way. Let's get into the triple main event portion of this show. So we go on to night number 12. And I'm so glad uh, when I recorded last week, again, like I said, I knew last week was going to be a shorter show. This is going to be a little bit of a longer show just because we have three shows to do. When I recorded last week, I only watched half the show, and I'm so glad that I waited to do a full review. One, I just I just don't want to half-ass the five-star. And two, you uh, listeners, the family and friends of the Stardom cast, you just deserve better. But those last four or five matches uh, were just absolutely fantastic, and I'm glad I just didn't be like, Matsupoi beats Mayu Cradle uh, next. So I was absolutely so. Uh, again, just thrilled to be able to watch the rest of that show, and uh, we're gonna bring it to you. So okay, we go on to night number twelve, the fourth of September. Red stars black as we see Momo Kogo, who has zero points, taking on Saki Kashima, coming in with six. So Saki Kashima getting a few extra few uh, extra points there. A lot of people didn't think she would get to the six point mark, but hey, here we are. It's a lot of you know. I was looking at the. And again, obviously, we'll get into the the, the end of the tail end of this podcast. There's a lot of wrestlers with some points, and I'm like kind of scratching my head out. Like, oh, I didn't didn't see that coming. But that's just the beauty of the five stars. Like, who are they going to push next? So, okay. Uh, Saki Kasima tries to barter with Momo over her new photo book in order to get two points. So we get a fun little comedy segment to start, and it really kind of popped the crowd there. That doesn't go as planned as Saki uses her trickery for the early advantage on the younger uh, Momo Kogo. Momo hits the dropkick, 619 combination for two count. Saki comes back with that rising palm strike and a very well-executed butterfly superplex. 
Momo trips up Saki and uses the Lamai Strat Cradle for her first few points. Five minutes, 36 seconds. This was a basic match. They uh, got a lot out of the way with that comedy spot in the beginning. Uh, nothing really too crazy here. But again, nothing. The psychology, everything made sense. So, and, and didn't go too long. So you, you ladies will always get the gentleman three stars for me. And congratulations, Momo Koko getting her first two points of the tournament. Glad she's not ending this. I had a big goose egg since she was coming in as a substitute. Match number two, we go to the Blue Stars block as we got the Battle of the Saiyas. As we have Saida coming in at two points and Saya Kamatani, the Wonder of Stardom champion, coming in at 12 points. And that just shows you how low this tournament is. The Wrestler of the Year and your White Belt champion, the second match of the show. So, uh, really good headlock exchange between the two Saiyas. I really like that. And there's really good uh, chain wrestling. You know, not a lot of holes shown uh, in the holds, in the, your basic holds. So, I, I was... You know, really put that over. Saikami Tani throws some really, really good solid forms. And again, I'm always putting over how much better her strikes are, especially against these solid, solid strikers, which obviously Saida is. Uh, speaking of which, Saida gets the advantage and uh, Saikami Tani gets cut off with some brutal chops from Saida. Uh, Saikami Tani comes back with a springboard body press for two. Saida hits a belly to belly suplex and follows up with a fantastic Northern Light suplex right dead center in the ring. Beautiful bridge for the two count. Saida hits the Eater Rock for a near fall. That was that bump that Saikamatani took. I really think she's, and something that we'll probably have to discuss on the wrap up with this, I think she's becoming like the new Mayu. Like stealing the show, making the belt and the promotion and the match just mean more uh, each and every time out. And dead set on like just trying to break her neck. Like, I mean, she's, she's, it looks like she's made of rubber here. So, you know, that, that bump with the Eater Rock was just disgusting. Anywho, Sai Kamatani fires back with a spin kick, a pump kick, and then another spin kick combination. She fires up. She hits a star crusher for two. Crowd really, really uh, into it at this point. And Sai Kamatani does a really good job firing the crowd up as she hits an absolute perfect 450 fire burn splash for the win. Eight minutes, ten seconds, three and three-fourth stars. And Sai Kamatani's just fantastic run, not only in the five-star, but this year continues as that puts her up to 12 points. Match number three is a non-tournament match. As we see a three-way tag match between the team of Oh My Julia, Julian My Sakurai, versus uh, Starlight Kid and Ruwaka versus Mina Shirakawa and Waka. Starts off with Mina and Julia versus Starlight Kid. It's a really, really cool, fun three-way spots. Uh, they do a really good job spot spotlighting Mina after her double-team moves uh, from all three teams. And then we get some more Starlight Kid versus Julia uh, the match that stole the show at Cork and Hall and one of the top-rated matches, in my opinion, of this absolutely fantastic tournament. So they give us a little bit of sprinkling of there, more Starlight Kid and Julia. They don't miss a beat. They basically pick right up uh, back where they needed to. And Oh My Julia stuff was spot on. Their tag stuff was really, really good. And we're about a month or so away from the Goddess of Stardom tag tournament. And that is a team that I hope is going to be paired in the tournament um, I think there's a lot of the, the, the goddess tournament. I was kind of just looking at the potential tag teams there, and I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, my Sakurai hits the Gourd Buster, which she has deemed the Shining Buster on Waka. Shade under eight minutes, 7.59, three and a half stars. Really, really good uh, good tag match there to you know kind of break up this tournament a little. We go to the Blue Stars block. We go to a match number four. As we see Ami Sori, who had to qualify for this tournament. Coming in with eight points versus Hazuki, uh, who was on a row, had won seven in a row, but on a little bit of a losing streak here, but still at the top of the loaded Blue Stars block 
with 14 points. Uh, Ami comes right out of the gate with a big shoulder tackle and and a big splash into the corner and a half crab on Hazuki, clearly uh, targeting Hazuki's ribs. Hazuki fires back with a springboard dropkick and her signature big boot scrape. Ami hits a beautiful overhead belly to belly and goes right back to the Boston Crab, the high angle Boston Crab. At this point, the crowd is really, really behind Hazuki. Hazuki hits a code breaker and follows up with another brutal boot scrape. And then she hits the senton for just a two count. Uh, Hazuki goes for the signature brain buster that's been getting her win after win after win in this tournament. But Ami, sorry, escapes the brain buster. She hits several lariats, including the uh, the diet, uh, the low hanging lariat, the sliding D lariat, um, and then hits a blue thunderbomb for two. Hazuki eats another lariat, or at this point, excuse me, Hazuki sells to the apron and she hits a she eats a lariat onto the apron, takes a big bump onto the apron, really, you know, putting Ami over, um, and then she hits the tornado brain buster into the ring, and then she hits the like the thunder like a thunderbolt fire thunder driver for the win. I like how Ami had to put together a whole host of moves to get this win. You know, series of lariats, uh, blue thunder bomb, the tornado brain buster, which was kind of her uh, her signature move when she first came in. And then I think they're like, now we're going to give Hazuki like the, the Liger Kawada Hashimoto style sheer drop brain buster as her finish. You got to do something else. And she's like, yeah, I'll just do this other move that's really, really gross. And I like the name, like a, like a thunderbolt. So really cool how she had to chain all of her big moves together to put Hazuki away. She did it in 10 minutes, 36 seconds, three and three, four stars. Another solid performance here from both these ladies. And Ami saw up to 10 points. Didn't see that coming from her. I figured she would do well in this tournament with matches and would probably get up to six, maybe eight points tops. But again, she had to qualify for this tournament. Now, I know in the qualifying tournament, she ran through uh, the entire competition. But the fact she's up to 10 points here and she's beaten the uh, pretty much what I think is the MVP of this tournament thus far. And the uh, most overall points leader, Hazuki, really shows you that they definitely have big plans for Amisori moving forward. Speaking of Amisori, her tag partner was in the next match as we stay in the Blue Stars block. As this is just another match I was really looking forward to. Mirai coming in with 8 points, taking on last year's finalist, Momo Watanabe, with 6 points. Uh, we get a really some solid grappling between the two to start. But then Ruaka creates a distraction that gives Momo the early advantage. Momo uses her signature strikes to wear down the Cinderella champion, you know, the forearms and the kicks. Uh, Momo goes to the crossface chicken wing to try to sit up the tequila sunrise, but Mirai is able to counter. Mirai goes for the lariat, but Momo kicks her arm out of the way. I love that. I, I, like I, you know, I will always reference All Japan, but I love it when like Masao and Kawada or Kawada and Kabashi, Kabashi would go for the lariat and uh, Kawada would kick uh, Kabashi's arm out of the way and they would work that into the psychology of the match. I thought that was brilliant. And that's the psychology that they kind of went with there. And we kind of have a saying over here in Pennsylvania and probably America, hey, copy an A, get an A. But uh, you, all you kids out there, don't copy your homework and test. Go and earn it. But anywho, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Momo hits the uh, B driver onto the apron and then follows up with a bastard driver for two. Uh, Momo goes for the Peach Sunrise, but Mariah counters into a super slick armbar. Really liked her transition, how she got into that. Momo goes for the wrench, but Mirai hits a lariat onto the apron, and then a brutal uh, lariat to uh, Momo's back, the back of her neck, which is something that uh, she's new, something new that she was has been debuting in this tournament. Just love how she works that in. She follows up with many, many more lariats for a two count, and then she comes off the rope with a big Stan Hansen-like lariat for the win. I loved it. Loved how Mirai tried to hit that lariat, that first big one, and Momo countered it. 
with the kick. And then Momo's downfall again was going to this wrench. Was going to the wrench for uh, you know for the for the advantage. We saw it on uh, her first match with Mina how the wrench was kind of her downfall. She goes here to the wrench again, just taking her eyes off the very aggressive Mirai. Mirai just hits a whole bunch of layers, hits the one to the back, and then hits another one. You know, basically kind of shaking out the pain again, basically using the Nigel McGinnis style psychology and the fact that Nigel used many lariats to win is that hey, if you hit a move, you know, once or twice and almost get you the win. Why not to try to hit it, go for it again, and uh, might put your opponent down for a three. Just love the psychology, love the build of this match. I had this at four and a quarter stars. 11 minutes and 25 seconds uh, gets the job done as Mirai goes up to 10 points as well. And we're starting to see a lot of people getting into the double digits here. Starting to get crowded at the top. We go over to the Red Stars block as we have Micah with 10 points versus Tam Nakano, one half of the Goddess Champions. She's coming in with six points. As soon as the bell rings, Tam comes out super aggressive. She hits a uh, running violent shooting and a uh, Steve Williams-style backdrop driver. Um, yeah, like I said, as soon as the bell rings, Micah comes back with a thunderous clothesline and a perfect Harley Race-style stalling suplex to, cry to try to you know create some separation from Tam's early onslaught. Tam tries to get the advantage back, but Mariah hits a uh, stalling superplex. At that point, the crowd really, really gets into this one. Uh, Micah, it's, uh, not Mariah, Micah. I think I said Mariah. <laughs> Micah hits the stalling superplex. Uh, then she follows up with two clotheslines for two. Um, and then Tam reverses a third, ducks a third clothesline, hits a beautiful release tiger suplex. That was super, super impressive. Um, Micah almost decapitates Tam with a discus lariat, but Tam bounces back with a stiff spin kick right to Micah's head. Beautiful sell job from Micah. And Tam just throws that spin kick, which is such perfection. And it looks so good on the, you know, the tougher, you know, uh, the, the bigger, taller opponent. I think that's just super impressive. Tam hits three violent shootings, uh, one to the front, two to the back, only getting the two count. Fire, uh, Tam fires up as we see parts of what we're starting to call now on the intranet. Tam Road as Tam hits the stalling violent screwdriver for the win. This all got done in eight minutes and 33 seconds. I was shocked. Shocked. I saw oh, how good this was. This was as soon as Tam hit the violent screwdriver, I knew that was the finish. And I was already writing down four and a half stars. And that's what I gave this four and a half stars. But when it came up on the screen that it was eight minutes and 33 seconds, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like that just, this felt like it was just a longer match in a good way. They got all that done. They had all that storytelling where Tam's just trying to hit bombs on Micah. And anytime that Micah would hit, you know, go for the clothesline or one of her, one of her suplexes, that uh, Tam would just throw those big kicks and then go to the violent shooting several, several times. I thought this was just, just absolutely fantastic. This is a matchup that may sneak into my top 10 by the end of the year, but this is a match that I definitely want to go back and, uh, and revisit sometime. Uh, absolutely tremendous. Match number seven, we jump back over to the Blue Stars block as we have Mayu Iwatani taking on Natsupoi. Mayu coming in with eight points, Natsupoi coming in with six. Uh, smooth and slick offense to start between these two. I mean, these two are just so good, so fast, so good, so fluent. Everything that they do, do uh, makes make sense. And then Mayu decides to to uh, chop and kick poor Natsupoi. I kind of mentioned this to uh, some of my friends that I don't know if Natsupoi just has like heat going into this tournament. Like Julia just beat the crap out of her. Hazuki just beats the crap out of her. Now you have Mayu, the most lovable person maybe in the history of wrestling. They have this fantastic chain wrestling and like high speed offense to start 
Then Maya's like, you know what? Everybody else is beating you up. I'm going to beat you up. So it's just like, huh. And then she fires back with like the stiff, uh, Natsupoi fires back on Mayu with a stiff, uh, low running kick. And then right into the boot scrape, the drop kick boot scrape. I, I absolutely love that. How it looks like that Natsupoi is going to drop kick your face into the front row. And Natsupoi almost kind of like eliminates yourself from the ring. I always think that's just a cool visual. visual, visual. Mayu tries the standing dragon sleeper, but Natsupoi bites her arm. Very heelish, Natsupoi. Wow, how about that? But it's a good counter. You know, hey, it's we've seen uh, Mayu beat Saida with that hold early in the tournament, so Natsupoi was like, not so fast, icon. Uh, Natsupoi hits a flipping power bomb, but Mayu rebounds with a super kick crucifix bomb combination that we've seen her use quite a bit to uh, to kind of get her, her heat back. Uh, I just love how she changed those two moves together. Some quick near falls between the two, but Natsupoi catches the icon in the rolling the Maestra Cradle to get the win. Seven minutes, 21 seconds. That puts Natsupoi up at eight points, uh, ties Mayu for the block. But if it goes into a tie, Natsupoi would get the win since she did beat Mayu here. Four stars. Another just absolutely solid match. Speaking of solid matches, we go to the Red Stars block as we have Himika with 10 points. Uh, really making her claim to try to get back to the finals where she was two years ago, taking on the champion, the World of Stardom champion, Shuri, who again, just shockingly, just coming in with just six points and has uh, four losses. So uh, really just kind of shocking that Shuri uh, has been dropping so many matches. Again, this tournament, I say it every week, that it's one thing if she dropped like one or two and like had a draw, but when you haven't lost a singles match in about a year going into this tournament and you dropped four so quickly, kind of just... Kind of wondering what's, you know, what's going on here, but um, it's Sherry. You know that she's going to bounce back strong, and she sure did here because this was fantastic. Uh, Sherry starts with her signature ground-and-pound offense to try to take down the bigger and stronger opponent. Himika does a good job creating separ separation uh, with her tackle-clothesline combination to bring the champ down. Sherry is able to hit a reverse German suplex onto Himika, but Himika fires back with a big, big clothesline. Uh, the two trade forearms in the middle of the ring, uh, they do a really good job pacing the forearms because the crowd really starts to come up. You could see it was at a point where they were probably going to have to stop after like one or two, but then they heard, they heard the crowd coming up, so they figured, let's just make this a battle of testament of wills between the stronger Himika and the MMA style of Shiri. Uh, Himika hits a top rope Samoan drop and then follows up with the big belly-to-belly -belly, uh, back suplex for two. Himika quickly locks in the half Boston Crab. And then uh, Sherry eventually gets herself to the ropes. Himika stays on the champion. It's a JP coaster for two. Um, Himika goes to the top rope, but Sherry cuts her off and hits the double wrist lock off the top rope. Absolutely love that. Love how she does that uh, that takedown from the top rope into the double wrist lock. And then she transitions into the sharpshooter. We've seen Sherry being able to transition in and out of submission holds. I don't know if I've ever seen her use the sharpshooter before, especially coming off the double wrist lock. Usually after the double wrist lock, it's either the straight arm bar, the uh, the white uh, the white tiger, or uh, the rear naked choke. But I thought that was really cool. She went right into the sharpshooter. Or for all you Sting fans, the Scorpion Death uh, Deathlock. Or for all you uh, Rock Dwayne Johnson fans, the Scorpion King Deathlock. See what I did there? Himicus uh, <laughs> Sherry stays on Himicus. Uh, she goes for the ruin, and uh, she escapes and she hits the Rainmaker. Sherry fires back up with some brutal kicks. But then she eats a power bomb for her troubles and several lariats. I like how she's throwing the kick a couple times. And in the words of Gorilla Monsoon, goes to the well once too often, and that basically feeds him like the the leg. And Sherry hits the brutal, brutal power bomb. She hits a few lariats for a two count. 
Shiri fires back with some more kicks, and then she gets in the White Tiger for the tap. Again, Shiri just flirting with the time limit draw uh, here. She's, the, these matches are coming so close to the time limit draw. Um, this 14-48, four and a half stars for me. This was absolutely fan- fantastic. Just a fantastic sprint. The psychology of the match made sense. This is like a perfect 50-50 match. And again, even with Sherry dropping those four matches, like I said, I was scratching my head, you know, what's going on with her in this tournament. But she's putting on just some terrific matches. You know, the Utami match is at the top of my list. The Micah Himika matches have all been, uh, you know, those those two matches have been really, really stellar. So, yeah, four and a half stars. Uh, and that was the main event for night 12. We go to night 13 which is the pay-per-view in the Yokohama Budokan. So I'm just going to go through the entire show, uh, basically how it was laid out on the pay-per-view. And again, starting with just another fantastic house here. Again, another over 1,300 people here in the uh, Yokohama Budokan hall. I thought this was it was fantastic. It was a great visual, uh, the way the stage was set up, and just seeing that many fans. And anytime stardom breaks like 1,100, 1,200, I always, you know, it always makes me happy. Always nice things to start. I'm just on this fantastic growth. Again, I've reported several times on the show that they're well over 200% growth um, from this year to last year. And last year was a phenomenal year. Just the growth of stardom just is absolutely tremendous. And I noticed, too, uh, the next night, the night 14, they got a lot of the matches up quickly up on YouTube. So I thought that was really, again, they, well, I think only a day or so to get it up on Stardom World. So the production and everything, it seems to be, you know, getting getting a little bit better. So they're definitely heading in that right direction. And obviously the marketing, merchandising, and uh, the wrestling is just, you know, uh, top-notch and bar none. Speaking of merchandising, I know I'm going off on a tangent here. I wanted that uh, fancy new Azumi shirt, that Azumi high-speed bomb girl shirt. I ordered it from the uh, U.S. store. I ordered it in large. I usually go large, extra large. And I got an email day later saying that it sold out in large. No problem. I went to go order an extra large. I got an email a day later saying it sold out an extra large. Now, I'm not going to go 2XL or a medium. I haven't fit in a medium in, I don't know, seven, eight years. Uh, upper body business, brother. So it's like, wow, good for Azumi. Her shirts have sold out in large and extra large within a, probably about less than 24 hours of them putting the shirts up on the online store. So hopefully they will have it um, at the, uh, the New Japan uh, Stardom crossover show in new york city uh, at the end of october and yes I, I have my tickets purchased and my hotel booked so i will be at the stardom new japan show in new york city october i think it's the 27th so if you're going to be there drop me a line drop me a line and uh, hey maybe we can meet up okay night number uh, 13 9 11 the pay-per-view yokohama budokan pre-show battle royal i did not get a chance to see this just because uh, I don't think it was uploaded anywhere yet, but I heard that Saida won over Momo Kogo via the Brain Buster. So we get into the main crux of the pay-per-view. Mina Shirakawa and Waka taking on the new tag team from God's Eye, Shuri and uh, Inaba. Inaba is the newest member of God's Eye uh, per the last New Blood show. And again, I'm assuming with the four members of God's Eye for the Goddess of Stardom tag tournament, I'm assuming Mirai and Amisori will be a team. And hopefully this makes Shuri and Inaba team because I thought they were fantastic together. This match is really just uh, built around Inaba. Uh, this is really just a match to get her over. We don't need to get Shuri over. Shuri's, you know, beat it. You can see her. She's got the KT tape all over her. She's been going hard for, you know, a year, year and a half. She doesn't need to have this, any, really anything built around her. And doesn't need to take any unnecessary bumps. So she did a good job despite spotlighting her tag partner. And then doing what she needed to do to uh, get her stuff in with me and Waka. Um... 
I mean, the Ranger just like so badass. Again, like, Sherry's got that gold robe, even with the red robe, you know, and the red belt. She just looks like, you know, at the final boss. And I think that music too, when she's coming out, when she's coming out, you know, the, you know, what's going down. The crap is going down because, you know, there's, there's about to be an ass kicking happen. And Inaba just looks like, like the younger version of her, like, just like the, like the junior version of her, the cruiserweight version of her. I, I guess that's kind of lack of a better term. What I'm looking for is just like someone that's going to kick your ass too. Uh, and she does like just the two of them together on their entrance alone just look fantastic. Uh, Mina and Inaba, they worked really, really well together. Obviously, Mina's been working on her strike, so there's some really, really good striking exchange between the two. I thought this was the uh, that was pretty much the highlights of the match. And poor Waka just gets beat up by poor Sherry. I think that's like the only reason why the two of them were were, were here is just that Waka just get beat up and get kicked. Uh, eventually, Inaba gets the penalty kick on Waka for the victory. Solid match. Nothing was wasted here. Three and a half stars. We go to our first uh, five-star Grand Prix match of the evening as we go to the Red Stars block match as we see Risa Sarah coming in with six points, taking on Yunagi coming in with two. Uh, Yunagi attacks Risa Sarah with a kendo stick, uh, but it happens before the bell. Uh, again, I'm all about following the rules. It happens before the bell, so no disqualification needed there. It just goes to show you just how frustrated Yunagi is with this tournament. Uh, she only has two points going in. We're getting towards the tail end of this tournament. You know, Only a few weeks left. She only has two points as next to no shot of winning. I think mathematically, I think she is eliminated at this point. Risa Sarah is the hardcore wrestler coming over from uh, prominence like the outsider. So I thought it was really cool. I thought that was a cool little thing that she just comes in, just pissed off, all fired up. It added a little bit more to uh, Yunagi. Uh, Yunagi hits the shell shock off the apron onto the floor, which is something we've been seeing her use a lot in these tournament matches. Uh, Risa gets the kendo stick and beats up on Yunagi, but that happens on the outside. Sometimes they kind of let that stuff go on the outside a little bit. Like, you know, the ref kind of just gives you a warning. So, again, that was okay with me. Reese hits the double knees into the corner and then a sit-out DVD for two. She quickly follows up with the air raid crash and then the, the double knees, the signature double knees from the top rope for the three count, three and a quarter stars. Just kind of just a, it was a solid match. Nothing really that stood out here. Nothing really bad. Um, and nothing really that kind of blew my mind. It was just I really liked the Nagi being a little bit more aggressive in the beginning before the bell. And then at that point, it was like Risa, once she got going, very much uh, like some of her early matches or earlier wins, like the uh, match she had with uh, with Micah. When she beat Micah, where she would just, you know, got on that roll. And then uh, once she got on the roll, you just couldn't stop her. I like how she changed those moves together. The air raid crash, the sit-out DVD, and the, uh, the double knees. That's like the one, two, three, like deadly combo. So that puts her up to eight points. That's about, I think I probably pegged her around eight eight or nine points for this tournament. So, and again, we still got some more to go. We go over to the Red Stars Black, and we have Saki from Colors coming in with four points, taking on Himika coming in with ten points. Big form change to start the match. Saki gets the advantage on the bigger, stronger opponent, uses the pendulum swing to try to wear down the Jumbo Princess. I thought that was a really cool visual, how she was able to use the pendulum swing right in the middle of the ring with over 1,300 people in Yokohama. Uh, taking a look. I thought that was really, really good. Uh, Himika uses a pair of shoulder tackles and then the Rainmaker, uh, Rainmaker Lariat for two. I like how she's adding that. It seems like everybody's adding just a little bit more under their offense into this five-star. I thought it was really cool. Saki comes back with a uh, superplex, but Himika fighting spirits up, hits with a big Lariat. She goes for another Lariat, but Saki cuts her off with a Mijinoku driver. I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool, like how, you know, Himika's partner, Micah, trained by Taka Mijinoku, the finisher is the Mijinoku driver. And I like how Saki's been using here from time to time. And she uses it on uh, Micah's tag partner uh, for a near fall. A lot of people bid on that. 
A lot of people thought that that would have been the finish. Saki hits the corkscrew suplex. She goes to the top to try to fi finish Himika off. Himika fires up. She's able to cut her off and catches her in the powerbomb position. She hits the concussion bomb for a three, three and three fourth stars. Uh, I thought that was how Saki had a, it was, it was a good way of putting Saki over in this match, how she had the lot, latter part of the match and she was hitting Himika with big move after big move after big move. And then she went to the top rope and just took her time just a little bit too much. And it just took one concussion bomb to get the win. So I really like the build up, how Himika built up Saki uh, towards the finish. And then it just took one concussion bomb for the win, which then goes over to put, if you think about it, to really put over Sayakama Tani at the Stardom X Stardom show just a few weeks ago, how she hit so many concussion bombs, but couldn't put the champ away. So it just took one here to put Saki away. They do a good job protecting the uh, the running power bomb, the concussion bomb. But, uh, you know, it only took one to put uh, Saki away. Obviously, Sai Kamatani, no offense to you, Saki. Uh, Sai Kamatani is a way bigger star. She's one of the biggest stars in the company. So uh, you're, if you're wanting not, I want to say not protect a move, basically have someone kick out of it or power out of it. They did a great job in that match. Uh, you know, at Stardom X Stardom. Again, I glowed. That was an easily easy five-star match for me, one of my favorite matches of the year. But I like how the uh, concussion bomb is very well protected here with most of the members of the Stardom roster. Really good showing. And I, real quick, I want to get, I'm getting sidetracked here. I want to put over uh, Saki, Azumi, and Julia. They knew this was a pay-per-view. They knew this was going to be seen by a lot of people. And they knew there's going to be over a thousand people here in this beautiful venue. And those three ladies, they took their tan game to the, uh, to the max. Let me tell you. And that's something, again, I give you the insider perspective here. Again, I've been a, a fan 35, 36 years, something like that. And I've been involved in the professional wrestling business for over 20 years. So that's that's the fantastic uh, that's the fantastic little news drops and nuggets you get here on the Stardom cast is that uh, something like that. You know, just adds on to it. Just that Saki, Izumi, and Julia were all like, oh, we got a pay-per-view coming up. Let's go to the tanning booth. Um, I don't know if anybody else took notice took notice of that, but I just thought so. I just thought that was that, that was pretty cool. Way to go, ladies. Way to go that extra mile for the fans. Um, that takes Himika up to 12 points, and she's, she's rolling right along here in double digits. Uh, speaking of going extra for the fans, this next match went extra for the fans. This is where this, I mean, it's a solid show, but this is where everything here really, really picks up. Suzu Suzuki coming into this match with Sai Kamatani. She's coming in with zero points. Probably the biggest shock of anything in this tournament. Even probably, uh, I talked about just a few minutes ago, if you told me what would be more shocking, Sherry dropping four matches that quick, or Suzu Suzuki having zero points, I'd probably say Suzu having zero points. Actually, didn't have a win at all. Sai Kamatani coming in at 12 points. Sai Kamatani, obviously, the wonder of stardom champion um suzu so desperate for a win here should she take saya outside for a brawl uh, as soon as the bell rings um suzu takes uh saya to the apron but saya hits a rana to the floor god absolutely gross you know right right from the get-go trying to counter suzu's offense as uh, saya tries to get back in the ring suzu hits uh it's a german suplex uh, uh, to the champ off the apron that was a sight to see it was safe though I and mean, you can see pretty much all of queen's quest was there to catch to catch Saya, and she uh, she seemed to land it just okay. But I mean, right off the get go, you just have these two Suzu just blitzing the champ here. Obviously, not for the not for the championship here, but for two points, two potential points in the tournament. And she's just blitzing, blitzing the champ, taking her to the outside. Gets a little overzealous. Saya hits the top rope Rana, or uh, Rana the outside for a reversal, and then Saya tries to get back in the ring, and Suzu's like, "Nope, I'm staying on you, champ," and hits the German onto the outside. I mean, what a way to start this match! 
And they're probably when they're putting this match together, they're like, yeah, no other match in this uh, this card is going to start like we do. So let's do this. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, Sayek uh, barely escapes the 20 count. Those are really good fallacy there. You get that big German suplex. You just have those two big moves back to back. You kind of want to settle it down here. So they did a really good job uh, f uh, doing a false finish with Sayek Kamatani. Almost getting counted out. She gets it at 19. At that point, the crowd is really, really invested in this match. Saya fires back with a forearm uh, exchange and that jumping wheel kick. Saya uh, starts raining down forearms on Suzu. Really good back and forth exchange between the two. Saya hits a pump kick and Northern Light Suplex for two. She hits the Star Crusher and then she goes for the 450 splash. Suzu gets out of the way, but Saya lands on her feet and rolls through. Uh, when Saya comes back up, she is greeted with a brutal super kick and release German suplex. And then she hits the guy, I guess, I don't know the name of this hole, but there's memes all over the place for it. Uh, if there is a name for it, please let me know. It's basically the Ganosuke roll, but like a power bomb. So I'm just going to call it the Ganosuke clutch bomb for two. Uh, th that was just br brilliant, just brutal. You know, it's just, it like, what a combination of holds. So the champ hits the Star Crusher. She goes for the 450, rolls through. It's a super kick, release German suplex, and that new hole, the Ganoski clutch bomb. Uh, at that point, the crowd is really, really invested in this. I mean, they were up, but now they're really up. The crowd bit really hard in that falsy. These two brawl on the top rope until Suzu Suzuki hits the half and half slam, and then she quickly follows up by going for the Io Shirai playbook uh, by hitting uh, the two locomotion German suplexes in a row. Really, really like that, how she hits the one German suplex and then hangs on, rolls through, and then hits the second one for the win. This was absolutely fantastic. I did not think that this match, uh, this match would be topped, at least for this night. I was like, I already got my money's worth here. This was, I knew this was going to be good. I didn't think this was going to be that good. And with Suzu getting the win over Saya Kamatani, we all hope we get a rematch for the white belt somewhere down the line before Saya Kamatani uh, drops that belt. And, you know, it's all speculation that she's going to drop it Akari. If she can drop it to Suzuki, if she keeps this thing for another year, I don't think anybody's gonna be, gonna be heartbroken because she's just on just an absolute fantastic run. And again, I kind of say that I just did the um, you know as you're listening to this, it probably should be in your feed or be in your feed soon. I just did the Io Shirai, uh, the V10 World of Stardom Championship reign, and there is a lot of matches she wins with the locomotion German suplexes. So I think I just recorded that, and then like the next day the show happened. I was like, oh, that's you know. Hey, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Io Shirai is the best. So I like how she's been using the the uh, locomotion German suplexes uh, in her matches uh, lately. Just adds to the fantastic work that is Suzu Suzuki. And Suzu Suzuki gets her first two points. Not a bad way to rebound from a whole bunch of losses by beating the Wonder of Stardom champion and my wrestler of the year, Saya Kamatani. We go back to the Red Stars block as we have Battle of the Queen's Quest members Azumi coming in with 10 points, taking on Utami, who has 8 points. I kind of figure I have Utami pegged to win the Red Stars block. My wife has Azumi pegged to win the Red Stars block. And I kind of figured, ah, this is going to be Utami because there's no way she's going down 4. And if she goes down 4 to Azumi, really she goes down 6 because then she loses the tiebreaker. So this was like, if I was going to lock like 1 or 2 matches in that I knew that I was going to get right, I thought it would be this one. But... Spoilers, I was wrong. Um, but let's get into the match. Azumi uses the her high-speed offense to get the uh, Queen's Quest leader to retreat to the outside early on. Azumi tries the top rope double stomp to the floor, but Utami catches Azumi. I thought that was a really cool spot, how she she was going for that patented double stomp to the outside. Uh, obviously, Utami knows 
Azumi's tricks. So she uh, she basically jumps and gets caught. I thought that was really cool. Yutami tries for the suplex. Azumi on the outside, but Azumi counters as Yutami eats a DDT onto the floor. A little sick thud there. That was something. That was a really cool spot. Really good way to start the match. Back inside, Azumi hits the La Mystica into the arm bar. Probably hear me turn the page. <laughs> uh, Azumi tries the Azumi Sushi, but Yutami pops up with a big lariat. And she's trying so hard to slow down the high-speed champion. Azumi uh, rebounds with a head kick, and then she goes for the Izumi Sushi the second time for two. Yutami finally is able to hit a big, big powerbomb to settle down Azumi's frantic pace. Azumi tries for the torture rack. After several minutes, Azumi, excuse me, Yutami tries for the torture rack bomb, but Azumi hits the Canadian Destroyer and chains it right into the Izumi Sushi for the third time. The third time is the charm and the win. Four and a quarter stars frantic pace here i like how azumi just kept putting the pressure on utami and then anytime utami would slow down azumi just a bit azumi would then use a strike which is kind of more utami's wheelhouse especially with the, the kicks azumi throws really really good kicks to kind of get everything back on pace and i like how azumi who's one of the smaller competitors in stardom is using the canadian destroyer azumi sushi combination to beat some of the larger and stronger opponents uh, basically using their own weight against them that's smart. Just adding into the just fantastic body of work that is Azumi. And again, another person that I have pegged high up on my run for the rest of the year. So I was kind of shocked at this finish. Um, that takes Azumi to 12 points. Yutami stays at 8. We go on to match number 6. Mayu Iwatani coming at 8 points, taking on Julia, coming in with 10 points. Julia on quite of a run after dropping her first two matches has won five in a row. And I know this is a match that many, many of us have pegged for. This is the match that uh, a lot of people were looking forward to in this tournament and a match when they announced that this would be part of the pay-per-view, that this was one that uh, drew a lot of tickets and a lot of pay-per-view buys. As we've seen these two earlier in the year go to the time limit draw for number one contendership. And we've seen these two have just fantastic matches in the five-star. And quick plug, the next watch-along that we'll be doing for our, our Red Belt tier Patreons will be from last year's five-star with Mayu and Julia. So really good timing uh, for me there for picking that match at that point. Every now and again, I plan things out pretty well. So, all right, just need a little drink there. Okay, so these two come out. Obviously, you have fantastic entrances between the two. The aura, the presence between the two just adds to this match. Big fight feel. Um, the two of them shake hands, but Julia pulls Mayu in uh, for a big backdrop driver, and then she hits the Shining Black and Falcon Arrow for two. She tries for the Glorious Driver, but Mayu slips out and hits a Dragon Suplex and Super Kick. And then we finally settle down. You figure these two always wrestle to the time limit draw or close to it. And I was like, man, is that what they're going to do? They're going to end this quick? I think this was just a normal, like a regular show uh, somewhere, maybe in front of like a couple hundred people. Maybe that would be here, but you're not going to do that on pay-per-view in front of 1,300 fans. Uh, then again, I think it kind of would have worked, especially with these two. Uh, Julia uses a headlock to get the early advantage on Mayu. And she's really just grinding down the icon, trying to slow down that high-speed, high-paced high offense from the former champ. The icon counters back with a missile dropkick, flag, frog splash combination. Mayu gets back on top and then cuts Julia off as she locks in the octopus stress off the top rope. I thought that was cool how Mayu you know, came off the top rope with the missile dropkick. She hits the frog splash. Um, it looked like she's probably going for the double stomp. That's usually what she goes to. Julia slows her down, cuts her off. She locks in the octopus on the top rope. The balance for that, just absolutely incredible. And then Julia, while she has her up there, another move that she's added to her arsenal, 
uh, paying tribute to one of her trainers, Hideki Hazuki, the butterfly superplex from the top rope. These two start training forearms, and then they decide, well, that's not enough. Let's trade German suplexes. And then they decide, that's not enough. Let's trade Shibata-style headbutts. Uh, eventually, that slows both women down, takes both of them down. Uh, again, that's the perfect point to slow it down, catch a breath, get the crowd back up. And boy, howdy, did they have it. crowd was really, really into this. Uh, Julia hits a rich, wrist clutch backdrop driver uh, for only a one count. And then Julia locks in the STF, uh, getting Mayu to the top rope. Um, the two of them brawl on the top rope. Mayu hits the top rope Rana. And as Julia goes to the outside, Mayu decides to keep the pressure on and hits that beautiful suicide dive. And then she follows up back inside the ring with a Josie-style dropkick. Happy birthday, Shane Hagedorn. Uh, and the frog splash for two. Mayu stays aggressive. She hits the dragon suplex for two. She goes for the tombstone pile driver. Julia escapes. She hits the glorious driver for two. But right then and there, the time limit expires. Wow, that was absolutely fantastic. Maybe the best match I've seen between the two. Again, I will be revisiting their five-star match from last year, which I did see. I probably haven't seen probably since the beginning of this year. I went back and watched it one time in the last eight months. But this, for me, was five stars. This was fantastic. And spoiler alert for uh, the end of the episode, I have a new favorite match of this tournament. These two just absolutely can't miss. And we have our first draw of the tournament. And it comes on pay-per-view. But I don't think anybody was upset with that decision. Mayu gets to 9 points, locking Julia in at 11 points. We go to the co-main event of the evening. Evening, Artists of Stardom Championship match as we have the champions. Oedo Tai, Momo Watanabe, uh, Starlight Kid, and uh, Saki Kashima. Taking on the Stars team of the former tag champs, Hazuki Kokuma, uh, FWC, and the current Artists of Stardom Championship. First thing I noticed, stars did not come out to Hannon's theme. Thumbs down for me, but thumbs up on all the new uh, new gear. Hana is getting new gear. Koguma, Hazuki, new gear as well. Nice little, nice little touch on these fantastic trio. Um, okay, this is there's a lot of notes here. A lot of notes. Let me get a little drink here because this is this was just this match just blew my mind. How good it was. I mean, I knew this was going to be good, but. I was re- this match just kind of stole the show. <clears throat> Hannah goes right after Starlight Kid, as uh, the, I mean she gets really aggressive on Starlight Kid as Stars hit some really really good triple team moves, but quickly the tide turns as Momo and Starlight Kid cut off the future Stardom champion with some really really good uh, double team moves from the two of them. Again, you have the uh, the former champs there. Uh, really good job spotlighting uh, Hazuki and Koguma as a team and Momo and Starlight Kid as a team. Uh, you know right from the right from the jump. Koguma comes in, but she gets the heat on her until the, she winds up eventually coming back and gets the hot tag into Hazuki. You know what I'm going to say, folks. Hazuki Mania runs wild with some fantastic exchanges with her and Momo. Stiff strikes all around between the two. And these two just have fantastic chemistry together. We've seen it in their Wonder Stardom Championship match a handful of years ago. We've seen it in their tag stuff uh, between FWC and Black Desire. And we've seen it in the single stuff with Hazuki and Momo. Their stuff is just really, really good together. And these two were laying their stuff in really really good uh, the champs use some fantastic triple team work to slow down hazuki mania can you really ever stop hazuki mania maybe just slow it down uh momo hits a b driver on hazuki for two uh hana briefly comes in to cut momo off i really like that how hana's like the younger member of the team and like momo's like the 
you know, probably the biggest member of the, you know, the like the main eventer of the uh, of the Oedo Tai team. I mean, she was on top with that white belt for well over a year. So I thought that was really cool how like Hana kind of ran ran over Momo a little bit there. I thought it was that was a good job getting Hana over. Um, we get some great uh, FWC action as we get back to Hazuki versus Momo. I like how they brought it down and then brought it back up to Hazuki and Momo. I thought that was really good. The Hazuki driver and the brain buster combination is countered into the Tequila Sunrise. And then we get tag outs to Starlight Kid and Hana back to where we started. Great, great stuff there. Great exchange between these two. Their match from early in this tournament I thought was a unsung hero so far of this tournament. An excellent match as the two of them kind of, you know, go back to that. Uh, Starlight Kid locks in the Lake Crusher, Black Tiger Lake Crusher submission as FWC make the save. Really close to a tap there. And the crowd was really biting into that. We then see triple dives from the Stars team. And then Hana hits the Star Starlight Kid with the Rocker Dropper for two. Hana special gets broken up by Momo at two. Starlight Kid tries the moonsault, uh, but Hana hits a top rope backdrop driver. I thought that was really cool how she uh, Starlight Kid goes for one of her signature moves and Hana gets up, cuts her off, and it's the, the backdrop from the top rope. Big bump there. Uh, more FWC tag work as Hana hits the rich, wrist clutch backdrop onto Starlight Kid, and, but Momo Watanabe comes in for the save. That's two saves. Starlight Kid's, you know, she's right there in main event level. And Hana, the future stardom champion, just turning 18, is getting all these near falls that maybe would be falls if Momo wasn't breaking it up. And then it puts over just the cohesive tag team that is Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid. You know, Momo Watanabe, former goddess of stardom uh, tag champ with several different partners. So that just goes to show you how good of a tag wrestler that she is, is that she does not want her team to lose. So if she has to break up a fall, she has to break up a fall. So you're putting over two different stories there. Really, really smart booking when they're putting this uh, match together. Um, eventually, uh, excuse me, Starlight Kid and uh, in Momo hits dual head kicks. Starlight Kid finally hits the moonsault on Hana, but Hana kicks out. Starlight Kid locks in the leg crusher submission, and again, so close to the tap, Kogaman makes the save. Uh, and then Starlight, we go back to Starlight Kid and Hana, and then again, this was really cool how Momo, uh, 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 Saki Kashima, and uh, FWC were kind of taking each other out. So this way, Starlight Kid and Hana can kind of run this spot. She goes for the Tiger Suplex. Hana escapes with this phenomenal roll-up for a close fall. And again, uh, it's another another move that had to be get broken up. So that's three. Three times that Hana has Starlight Kid beat here. Uh, eventually, the Awaito Tai team comes in for a triple team. Uh, move on to Hana. Starlight Kid finally hits the Tiger Suplex for the three count. Four and three fourth stars. Again, I I had like a page and a half of notes here. I mean, Saki Kashima, her all of her stuff in the match made sense. But I just kind of just highlighted everything here. This is a match. If you did not go see this, I haven't seen it yet. Please, I mean, should be on Stardom. If you don't want to pay the forty bucks and you want to wait for it to come on Stardom World, this is fantastic. This again, four and three fourth stars between this match and then Momo uh, uh, Saki. And Starlight Kid winning the artist belts earlier in the year uh, against uh, Mike Himmapoy, Micah Himmapoy, not support. Those are my two all-time favorite artists of stardom championship matches. Um, if there's one that you like, uh, there's an artist match that you like better than either of those matches I just uh, I just mentioned, please let me know because I would love to go back and watch it. Maybe we can do a watch along. But those two, I, I, I it'd be tough for me to rank them. It's tough for me to rank them off the top of my head. Maybe the title switch against Mike Himmapoy. But this one is right up there. They did a great job getting Hana over here. Uh, again, great job. I mean, somebody that doesn't have any points in the tournament. She looked really good here. And the fact that she had Starlight Kid pinned once, not twice, but three times. 
and it had to get broken up by Momo. Just a great job putting her over. And again, they put her over in this match, and then she's the one that eats the pinfall. Again, if you kind of bury somebody in a match and then you pin them, who did you really beat? The fact that she got elevated in this match and then she ate the pinfall just makes Starlight Kid and the champions look even better. We will move on to the main event, the Goddess of Stardom Championship match, as we have the tag team of Tam Nakano and Natsupoi uh, defending against Mariah and Ami. Sorry, will the third time be a charm for the God's Eyes team? Uh, champs quickly get the... First of all, Tam and Natsupoi, like, they have the best big match entrance. We saw it when they beat FWC for the tag belts. They came in, like, on the Titan Tron or the Video Tron or the Stardom Tron or the Rossi Tron or whatever you want to call it with the, like, the Angel's Wings. And they kind of, like, had half wedding dresses. And uh, this was very similar to the same. And then they had these fancy little crowns that uh, <laughs> that was very comical that you saw that came off Tam's head when she jumped in the ring. And you see Natsupoi just totally, she just broke and started laughing. But they just have, they just feel like they're a big deal, and they are a big deal, and they get the main event spot here uh, in front of this very large crowd. Uh, champs get the quick advantage as they try, uh, as they try, or excuse me, the, yeah, Tam and Natsupoy, the champs get the early advantage. Mariah and Ami, sorry, try to retreat out, and they try for their signature hand-holding dive, but the God's Eyes team will have none of that. Uh, Tam and Natsupoy get cut off, and then Tam just takes a beating uh, for Mariah and Ami, sorry. Lots of double teams. Lots of back and forth, lots of quick tags. I'm a big fan of that. You know, trying to keep the, the fresher person in, and they just constantly beating up on poor Tam. You know, the leader, Cosmic Angels. Tom finally hits a ace crusher, and then tags out to Natsupoi. Poi comes in, hits her signature high speed offense and arm drags to build the momentum for the champs. Brock uh, back to Mariah and Tam as Mariah lariats Tam's arm and her wrists, clearly setting up for the double wrist. Like I really, really like that. We've seen Mariah using the clotheslines in every fashion and the double wrist lock in every fashion. But this was, she chained the two together. She chained the two together by clotheslining Tom's, Tam's arm. And there is where you have the deep-seated psychology uh, into this match. I thought that was uh, that was really good. Mariah locks in the double wrist lock as not support pulls Tam into the ropes. I like that. I like how, like, Tam couldn't. She was just so beat up from the early onslaught from the challengers that she couldn't get to the ropes for the double wrist lock. So not support very much and like what Momo did at the match before, kind of had to save Tam. But instead of breaking up, she pulled Tam to the ropes, causing the break. I thought that was really good. Uh, Champs hit stereo super kicks, and then the, they go for their hand-holding dive the second time. It gets blocked by a pair of lariats from the challengers. The champs fight off the challengers and finally hit their big dive. Third time is a charm here, folks, uh, for the champs. Mariah and Tam have a brutal, brutal exchange as Tam gets uh, really, she's really selling the arm here. You can really see she feels like she's in a lot of pain. At this point, the crowd's really coming up and starting to rally behind. Not just the chance, but really Tam here. Uh, Mariah gets uh, Tam back in the double wrist lock. Tam gets the ropes. Amisori gets tagged in, and she hits Tam with a big lariat and follows up with a blue thunder bomb for the two count. Ami tries for the fire thunder driver like a thunderbolt, but gets rolled up for two. Tam hits a big head kick, uh, and then the champs hit a top rope knee drop and the ferial gift. I like that. I like how the two of them were on the top rope. Tam was ahead of Natsupoi. She hits the uh, like the Doug Williams bomb scare style knee drop, or like uh, Orissa, the Orissa Hoshinki almost style knee drop from the top, You know, going back to her 2019 uh, Dream Shine uh, team. And then uh, Tam, uh, Natsupoi coming off with one of her signature moves, hits the ferial gift. And then, uh, and then Tam, she's a legal person, so she follows up with a violent shooting. She hits the two count, uh, the stereo German suplexes for two. I thought that that's a really cool visual. 
Tam and Matzip Boy have really good bridges and really, really good German suplexes. And Mariah and Ami Sori, obviously, too, especially Ami Sori, I think she's the second tallest person on the starting roster behind my girl, Lady C. So I thought that was a really cool visual. Uh, Tam tries for the Twilight Dream on Ami Sori, but she can't get it up due to the, the hurt arm. That was really good going back into psychology. Stereo super kicks from the champs uh, onto Ami, and then the double team sliced bread. I thought that was really cool. And then she fights through the pain and hits the Twilight Dream onto Ami Sori for the win. Four and a quarter stars. I thought this match was fantastic. But I will say this. I had, let me go back here into my notes. I had, I think, five matches. There's eight matches. I had five matches over four stars here. Yes, I, and this is like this, like, usually with the main event of these pay-per-views, usually the main event is either the best match or the second best match of the show. This was like third or fourth best. It was really good. Four and a quarter stars. I thought it was a solid, solid uh, title defense, you know, first title defense between Tam and Matsupoy. But I think just the undercard was just so good with Sai and Suzu and Azumi uh, and Utami and Mayu and Julia and then the artists of Stardom Belts. So that just goes to show you, like, this is, like, on the lower tier of the main events of the pay-per-views uh, for Stardom this year. Like, I mean, this was, it might have been, you know, one or two that I think I would rate lower than this. But yet still four and a quarter stars, which just goes to show you, one, how great the starter pay-per-views have been, and two, just how great the undercard was here. Uh, and But then again, you're kind of sending the, the fans home happy because everybody loves Tam and Natsupoi. Absolutely just fantastic show. Like I said, the first three matches were really, really solid. And then those last five matches, just back to back to back to back to back. Just what a way to end a pay-per-view. Unbelievable. So go now we go on to at night 14. As we're rolling around here, yeah, I figured this would be a little bit longer. We're coming up on an hour, and we will, uh, this will be the last night. And well, this will, yeah, this will get us all caught up. So we start off with a non tournament match Lady C and Hina taking on Fukin Death and Rina. However, it's the crux of this match, which is basically the sisters kind of wrestling with each other. I thought oh, their stuff is really good. Obviously, Rina and Hina, they have a huge, huge future uh, in this sport of professional wrestling. Um, six minutes, nine seconds, Fukin Death gets the O'Connor roll over Hina. Fine match. Good way to start the show to kind of warm the crowd up. Gentlemen's three stars for me. We go to the first tournament match uh, of the evening. Match number two as Hana, the future stardom champion, coming in with zero points, taking on Natsupoi. Eight points in the Blue Stars block match. Natsupoi's quick offense is quickly stopped by Hana's uh, judo background. I thought it was really cool. Natsupoi was trying to go with her quick high-speed style offense. Eventually, Hana caught her in the judo throw, and then right into the arm block, basically slowing Poi down. I thought that was really good. Uh, Natsupoi comes back with a drop kick, and then the face wash drop kick uh, that basically almost sends Hana into the uh, her face into the front row. Again, just really like how here's Natsupoi, like the cutest wrestler, but will kick your face right off, especially with the uh, that low drop kick. Just brutal. I just love that. Uh, Hana uh, goes back to the armbar for a near tap out. That was really, really good how Natsupoi put that move over. Poi hits a super kick and a released German suplex. She goes for the feral gift but misses. Um, uh, Hana goes for the backdrop driver. Natsupoi slips out. She hits a pair of kicks and a low spin kick for the win. Something new. We haven't seen. We've seen Natsupoi use that low spin kick several times, especially in her feud with her now tag partner, Tom. But she gets the win here. Uh, six minutes, eight seconds, three and three fourth stars. Another solid performance from Hana. Again, she has zero points in this tournament. Mathematically, I'm assuming she's eliminated. But she's coming out of this tournament. Such a bigger star, especially in that Artist of Stardom Championship match the night before that we just talked about. 
Um, we go on to Back to the Blue Stars Black as we see Mina Shirakawa. She's on a little bit of a losing streak here. Won her first two matches, hasn't won since. Ami Sori coming in with 10 points. Uh, excuse me, Mina. Yeah, Mina with four points. Ami with 10. Uh, Ami takes Mina right to the uh, the corner and starts with the uh, the the, uh, the chops, the Kabashi-style chops, uh, the, the machine gun traps right from the get-go. Uh, eventually, Mina catches a break, uh, a breath, and hits a low drop kick, targeting Ami's knee. Cork and Hall starts really getting behind Mina here. They really want to see her get a win here. Uh, Mina stays on Ami's knee. Uh, Ami starts tries to use chops to keep Mina at bay, but Mina's using the strikes, those low kicks, those low drop kicks, and the figure four leg, leg lock to stay on Ami. I thought that was really good. Um, staying on the psychology there was really, really, really solid. And again, the crowd's biting it, so why not keep going with it? Um, there, uh, Mina, event, uh, excuse me, Ami, eventually after selling the figure four leg lock for quite a bit, she gets to the ropes and uh, she, as she crawls up on the corner. Mina, and I've noticed this, this is like a signature from Mina. Mina hits the roaring elbow into the back of Ami's neck and the draping DDT for two. Like that, really like that spot. Um, Ami eventually hits a uh, DVD. It's almost like a desperation DVD just to try to create create separation. She can't follow up right away. Uh, Ami hits a clothesline and a blue thunder bomb for two. Ami tries for like a thunderbolt, but her knee basically gives way. Mina slips out and goes back to the knee, back to the figure four leg lock. And they do a good job of tapping out right at the right time. For someone who uses a lot of submissions, you kind of have to know when to tap out. Um, I remember I did a match with Chris Hero in ECW Arena, quick plug. And I remember he was going to beat me with the choke. And he put the choke on. And he said, don't tap out until I tell you to tap out. And he waited till the crowd got to a certain point. And he goes, okay, now is the time to tap out. And that's what this reminded me of. Like she had her in the figure four going back to it, back to it, back to it. Um, and then it like Ami's selling it, she's selling it. She was at a point where it's like, is she going to get out of this? Or is like, what's going to happen? Then Mina almost did like the Charlotte Flair, like, like figure eight, like bridged up a little. And then uh, Ami held it for like two or three seconds. And then she tapped out right at the perfect time. So really good job on Ami putting over Mina, putting over the figure four right at the right time. And now it's all of a sudden looking at Mina. It's just like, well, wait a minute. Now do we have a new finisher for Mina? And when Mina gets done, she gives the, uh, you know, here in the States, when we think figure four leg lock, we immediately go to, woo, Ric Flair. But she immediately gives the Keiji Muda, uh, you know, I love you sign. And Keiji Muda would also set up the figure four leg lock with the low angle drop kicks to the knee. And that's what Mina did right from the get-go here and then went back to it towards the end. So obviously we know Mina is a big fan of Jushin Thunder Liger, obviously channeling the great Muda here. So I really, really like that. Another wrinkle to the game and Mina Shirakawa. Three and three fourth stars. 10 minutes, 42 seconds, got the job done here and gives Mina a much-needed win, putting her up to six points. We go to match number four of this night, Red Stars block matches, a battle of the Sakis. As we see, Saki Kashima coming in with six points versus Saki, all capital letters from Stars, coming in with four points. Um, we have a distraction from uh, Natsutora and Ruaka, basically beating up Saki on the outside. Eventually, Saki Kashima hits a head scissors and boot scrape for a two count. Saki counters back with a Yakuza kick and Mijinoku driver for two. A little back and forth action between the two. She hits the uh, the Brain Buster, the running suplex that she has pegged KA Wild Buster. So I'm not sure what the KA stands for. If anybody knows, please let me know. But uh, this got done in six minutes, 35 seconds. Didn't drag on too long. Got what it needed to do. Three and a quarter stars. And that takes Saki up to six points. We go back over to Blue Stars block as we have the Stars duo taking on each other. Hazuki, who started out hot, won her first seven matches, now on a little bit of a losing streak here. 
14 points versus Saya Ida, who got her first two points by beating Mama Watanabe. She's coming in here with just two points. Asaya uses her power game to set up a series of chops. Hazuki fires back with strikes in their signature boot scrapes. Center of the ring, these two star members go and they exchange forms. Is the crowd really, really uh, getting into that? That's something that I think we all want, knew we were going to see and that we wanted to see, and we got it. Uh, Hazuki gets the better of the exchange, and then she locks Saya into that fantastic cross face. Uh, Saya stops the Hazuki mania with the... Well, I don't say stop, slow down, because you can't stop Hazuki mania, brother. Uh, as uh, Hazuki goes to the top rope, and Saya hits the top rope power slam, follows up with a Northern Lights bomb for... Uh, Northern Lights suplex, excuse me, for two count. Hazuki um, escapes and goes for the brain buster. Uh, with, or, excuse me. Um, Sai, I'm getting ahead of myself. Saida goes for the brain buster. Hazuki counters with a DDT and a pair of pump kicks. She hits the Zuki driver. She goes for her signature brain buster. Saida slips out of the brain buster. She has the Itabash roll up. One, two, kicks out. Keeps the wrist control of Hazuki. Goes for the Itabash again. And the second time is the charm for the shock win. Shocking Hazuki. So so uh, shocking Saida and shocking the Cork and Hall crowd here as well. As I don't think any, I thought a lot of people thought Hazuki would rebound from her losses, but she loses here and loses with a smile. She was very gracious in defeat here. Three and three, four stars. I really liked it how the uh, the finish of that match went. Like Hazuki's getting on her roll. She's hitting her signature stuff. And uh, Ida escapes for one quick roll up, keeps the wrist control, and then gets the second. Uh, excellent match. We go on to match number six. Oh, I love this match. This match now I didn't give this match a giant huge rating, but I love the psychology of this match. Red Stars block as we have the two birthday girls here just a few days before their birthday. Utami and Mei Sakurai uh, both coming in with eight points. I believe they share the same birthday. Seen on Twitter, I think as of this recording, it's today, the 14th. So this match is a couple days before Mei Sakurai offers Utami a red rose. Obviously, if you've seen Utami match, she comes out with the red rose and gives it to a lucky fan. So gracious the former champion is. And uh, Miss Sakurai repines, you know, says, hey, I'm going to give the Red Queen a rose for her birthday. So I thought that was uh, that was cool. But Utami falls for the trick. It's a trap for all you Star Wars fans. It's a trap. Uh, she gets the jump on the former champion and goes right to the STF. Utami fires back with a drop kick and a rear naked choke to slow down May Sakurai. May counters the clothesline into the showstopper for two. She hits her elbow drop for two. Uh, Utami hits a clothesline. She hits the air raid crash. After she hits the air raid crash, the way she was hooked, she had uh, May Sakurai's head hooked. May quickly uh, rolls up Utami for the closest near fall. I thought, like, now when I read the results on Twitter, I was like, yeah, Utami, I'm like, yeah, Utami won. Okay. But when she rolled her up, it had in my head for like a half a second. I'm like, did I read that wrong? Did uh, May Sakurai win? Just for the way she was holding it and the way that Utami didn't look like she was going to get out and the way that the ref looked like he was going to hit the mat at three. So you had all three members of this match. Yes, the ref is a part of your match. The ref can make a good match great, a great match excellent. Uh, in turn, they can also make a great match good, you know, if they're kind of in the way or they're missing their cues. Obviously, the starting rest are fantastic, and this just added to the match. I thought that was really, really good. Everybody bit. I bit. Cork and Hall crowd bit. And I thought I knew the finish of this match. I was like, wait a minute. Did I read that wrong? Um, and then I do like this. This, this. this sequence between the so close three from May Sakurai getting the roll up here. May quickly goes to the Yakuza kick, which she hasn't hit all in this match. 
We've seen her use it quite a bit in this tournament and matches leading up to this tournament where she uses it very much like Utami uses a clothesline or uh, Mayu uses the super kick. She uses it as an offensive move and then sometimes uses it as like a defensive move. So she knows that she almost had Utami here, so she goes frantically for the big boot. Utami, with the big match experience, catches uh, the big boot, puts her in the torture rack, and then basically holds her there just for a half a second, and then she does the German suplex for the win. I think Utami was kind of like, she almost had me with that roll-up. I'm not messing around. Four minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, Utami's the type of wrestler. I always, to all my New Japan friends, I say Utami's very much like Okada and Tanahashi. Fantastic wrestler. Fantastic wrestler. But if it's in any match, like sub, like 12 minutes, it's just going to be good. Like, I mean, it's not going to be bad. It's going to be good. But anything like 12 to 30, 35 minutes, you're going to get one of the best matches you've ever seen. When I saw this thing come up on Stardom World, like the whole segment was like six and a half minutes. And I was like, oh, this is probably just going to be like a quick squash. But the fact that like they had like just the quick frantic pace and just that last like 30, 40 seconds where I was on the edge of my seat. Three and a half stars. Again, it's a match that's not going to finish high just because of high in my ranking. But just like that, that that ending sequence I thought was fantastic with the near fall from May Sakurai. And then Utami was like, no, nah, I'm putting this one away and I'm getting my two points to put me up to double digits to 10 points. I thought that was just fantastic. And again, just goes to show you in four minutes, you can tell a fantastic story. And these two did. We move on to match number seven, Red Stars block, as we have Shuri coming with eight points, going against poor Momo Kogo coming with two points. Uh, Momo tries to use a quick few uh, quick uh, few arm drags in the beginning, but it's countered into an R bar. You're, you're giving Momo Kogo, God bless your soul. God bless your heart. You're giving your arm to the anime queen here. Uh, <laughs> once, she, once she gets caught uh, into the arm bar, the Shuri onslaught of MMA-style offense begins. Uh, strikes, strikes to the back, just brutal ground and pound. Momo tries, uh, Momo halts uh, Sherry's offense with a 619 to the champ's leg and then hits a high cross body, followed by another 619 for two count. Really like that build up towards uh, towards her comeback there. Momo stays on Sherry with a springboard drop kick and then uh, hits a super kick into the next or peach, like that combination for two. Uh, Sherry uh, basically says playtime is over as she hits a big head kick, the running knee. And some sort of crazy armbar cradle submission at six minutes, 31 seconds, three and a half stars. Good on Sherry giving Momo like the middle of that match. Like she just comes in and just brutalizes her. It's like, you're going to give me your arm? Fine. I mean, you know, I'm going to put you in armbar. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then Momo just chains like two different things in a row. Like one move after another after another. Sherry kicks out. She stays on her one after another after another. And then Sherry's like, no, head kick knee submission. Uh, let me take it home. Great job there. Good job, Sherry. Bouncing back in this tournament, that puts her at double digits at 10 points. We go over to the Red Stars block as Azumi, who's leading the Red Stars at this time, coming in with 12 points, going against Risa Sarah, coming in with 8 points. Uh, we, we've been seeing Azumi start off a lot of her matches with her high-speed offense to get the control and the early advantage. She tries it here, but high-speed offense does not work on Risa Sarah as she counters pretty much everything that the high-speed champion does. And then locks Azumi into the giant swing. That was a really, really cool visual to start the match. Azumi counters the double knee attempt right into an arm bar. I thought that was really good. Nice form exchange. Um, eventually, uh, Azumi gets or, or, a form exchange between the two. Azumi hits a head kick, getting Risa Sarah down. She hits a double stomp that when she hit, look at Azumi does the double stomp all the time in these matches. But the crowd like groaned. Like it was so gross. Like the way that she just hit poor Risa Sarah. 
Um, she goes for the double stomp tree of woe, but Risa Sarah suplexes her off the top rope and she hits her signature double knees for two. Risa hits the sit out DVD for two. Uh, as, uh, as she whips Azumi off the ropes, Azumi counters into the La Mahistra, excuse me, the La Mystica. And then she goes for the Azumi Sushi, but she gets countered into her own hold, uh, for the three count as Risa Sarah picks up the, uh, what I, I'd say it was an upset win. Three and three fourth stars, five minutes, 45 seconds. Uh, again, I like how Risa Sarah, she starts building up, just like how Azumi, you know, there's a tale of two ends of the match, or the beginning of the match and the end of the match. We see Azumi in this tournament using the high-speed offense to get the first advantage. It gets countered, and then we've been seeing Risa Sarah winning her matches with, uh, com- you know, putting their moves in combinations, the double knees, the air raid crash, uh, the sit-out DVD. She tried it here, and then Azumi kind of counters into the uh, La Mystica, and then, but then her counter gets countered. So I thought it was really, really good, really good storytelling in the beginning, middle, and end between the two, three and three fourth stars. We move on to the co-main event of the evening, match number nine. Yunagi coming in at two points, and a new gear looked like I didn't. Most of that gear looked uh, look black. I, usually she does like the white with the pink. It looked like it was more of a more of a darker color there. So I think that's the first time I've seen it. Yunagi coming at two points. The leader of the faction she's in, Cosmic Angels, Tam Nakano coming at eight. Uh, Yunagi goes right after Tam's right arm, which is probably still a little banged up from the championship match uh, just the night before. She quickly drags Tam into the apron, hits the shell shock off the apron. Yunagi, again, just being super aggressive. I mean, she's just so probably so frustrated. She's only coming in here with, uh, with two points. Um, Yunagi goes for the gory bomb on the outside. Tam gets out of it. Schoolgirl, schoolgirl, schoolboy, whatever you want to say, and hits the violent shooting onto the floor. And then Tam quickly goes to the top rope and hits the big dive onto Yunagi and pretty much all of Cosmic Angels. Uh, the two come back into the, or excuse me, the two start brawling on the apron. They trade stiff strikes and kicks on the apron. Yunagi uh, hits the, the two come back into the ring. Yunagi hits the code breaker onto the uh, second rope for two. I really like how she does that. How she has them kind of tied up into the uh, into the ropes there, and she's the code breaker. She follows up with a mad splash for two. That's a move she should be do more often. I know uh, when she was future star and champion, she brought it out quite a bit. I'd love to see her bring that back. Um, Tam hits a desperation release tiger suplex, uh, and then she goes for a twilight dream. Yunagi counters with a shell shock. Tam and Yunagi stay some trip stiff trade some stiff kicks. Eventually, Tam hits the violent shooting and the violent screwdriver for the win. We've seen Tam. Use that, the violent screwdriver, so much in this tournament. Kind of her nuclear finish. Uh, three and three, four stars. This is really solid. 10 minutes, 32 seconds. I thought it was good that Yunagi, who needed a really, really good match, they gave her 10 minutes with one of the main eventers, one of the best wrestlers in this company, and they gave her uh, a co-main event on Cork and Hall. I thought that did really, really wonders for Yunagi here. And obviously, Tam did a really good job protecting Yunagi, giving her a lot of offense and the fact that she she could have won with the roll-up or Twilight Dream, but the fact that she let her counter Twilight Dream and the fact that she had to beat her with the violent screwdriver, this goes to show that Tam really does a great job taking care of her opponent, especially her own. So again, Yunagi, even though she lost here, in my opinion, she won. Uh, we go to the main event of the evening. Mayu Iwatani coming in with nine points. Suzu Suzuki coming in with two points. Uh, quick Mayu-style offense to start. To Suzu Suzuki says, I'm not playing any more of that game. As she starts brawling with Mayu and then takes her to the floor, where Suzu Suzuki, the deathmatch queen, is a little bit more comfortable than Mayu. Um, quick offense between both wrestlers going back and forth. Uh, Mayu hits a super kick and then a double stomp for two. 
Uh, Suzu fires back with some brutal strikes and some uh, brutal uh, strikes and then a big knee strike to halt Mayu's offense. At this point, crowd really coming up, really getting behind Mayu. Uh, Suzu hits a spinning, that, Benos, that spinning Ganosuke bomb uh, for two count. Crowd really bit on that for the finish. Uh, Suzu uh, hits a release German suplex. Mayu pops, pops up. She hits a dragon suplex of her own. These two trade super kicks back and forth. Uh, Suzu hits the half and half slam for two. Suzu hits the one German suplex, goes for the second. If anybody's going to know how to counter one of Io Shirai's uh, go-to finishing holds from back in her stardom days, it would be her Thunder Rock uh, partner and her biggest rival, Mayu Iwatani, as she goes for the second one. But Mayu rolls her up for the win. Four and a half stars, 10 minutes, 52 seconds. That takes Mayu up to 11 points. And again, Suzu Suzuki got that big win over Sai Kamatani. I thought maybe she'd go on a roll here, but she did not. She did not. So that does it here, folks. That is three shows down here in about an hour and 15 minutes. Just a couple quick things before we call it a show. Let's, we're going to go over what the uh, standings are. After night 14, Blue Stars block. We have Hazuki at 14, still leading the block, even though three straight losses. Sai Kamatani right behind her at 12. And then Mayu and Julia, both at 11 points. And um, there's no tiebreaker between the two of them because they went to a time limit draw. Natsupoy at 10 points. Mariah at 10 points. Ami Soria at 10 points. Nobody at 8 points. we got Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, and Mina Shirakawa all at 6 points. Saeed at four points, Suzu Suzuki at two points, Hanan at zero. My guess would be going into the final night that Julia will be one point behind either Sai Kamatani uh, and or Hazuki. And I think her match with Suzu Suzuki will be Hazuki, Suzu Suzuki. Say that three times fast after you've been podcasting for an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, my guess would be that Julia is just going to be one point behind either, Su- either Hazuki or or Sai Kamatani and her match with Suzu Suzuki, her rival, will be the main event. Meaning that if Julia has a time limit draw, because she lost to Hazuki, uh, Julia has a time limit draw that uh, it, she'll just tie her and Hazuki will win the tiebreaker. If she loses, obviously Hazuki will go through. If she wins, she will go through. So my prediction here, I think, will still stay strong. I think Julia wins the block by beating Suzu Suzuki on the final night and winning it by one point. We go over to the Red Stars block, and this is just crazy. Azumi and Himika tied with 12 uh, at the top of the block, but look at all this tied at 10. Just one win behind. Utami, 10 points. Risa Sarah, 10 points. Shuri, 10 points. Micah, 10 points. Tam Nakano, 10 points. And then not too far behind them, May Sakurai and Koguma, 8 points. Uh, Saki, Saki Kashima, 6 points. Momo Kogo, 2. Yunagi at 2. So, and again, you've, you've, there's a possibility, even Mayu said, uh, after, she beat Suzu, uh, after she beat Suzu Suzuki, the Cork and Hall main event. I'm at 11 points. I'm not out of contention. She's only three points away from Hazuki. We still have a little bit to go. So uh, things are really, really shaping up in this tournament. The Red Stars block not as clear, uh, you know, as as maybe the Blue Stars. Again, the Blue Stars, I think it's kind of a four-person race with Julia Mayu, Sayakamitani, and Hazuki with the Red Stars. It's kind of muddied up a little bit more. Uh, so we shall see how that uh, how it plays out. I mean, maybe Azumi does hang on and she wins the block. And again, on her birthday, her, I believe, her 21st birthday, she will be going for uh, the possibility. She may be in the main event and she could win the five star. So we shall, we shall see. Absolutely fantastic show. Um, before we close this out, I will give you my top five matches so far from the tournament. Off the top of my head, 
Number five would be Natsupoi and Azuki. Number four would be Julia and Starlight Kid. Number three would be Julia and Hazuki. Number two would be Shuri and Utami. And my new number one is Hazuki and Mayu. Um, excuse me. Yeah, Julia and Mayu uh, from the 9-11 pay-per-view just a few days ago. Again, a lot of these matches I'm going to have to back, go back and revisit. Because I know I think pretty much uh, since I've been doing the top five, that Saya Kamatani and Starlight Kid uh, have been in there. So this is obviously we're going to do a, um, a giant wrap-up show where I'll give my top 10 matches and maybe my top five shows or something like that. But it's, it's a, something that I'm going to have to kind of just go back through and go back through my notes and really peg. I'm just kind of just do that off the top of my head. So those are my top five favorite matches. Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to thank all the Patreon members. Uh, we just did the watch along uh, this, this this past week of the 2020 five-star uh, final between Utami, the eventual winner, uh, spoilers for a tournament two years old, uh, against the Jumbo Princess uh, Himika. This week coming up, I mentioned it before, we'll be doing Mayu versus Julia from last year's five-star, and I will see which match I like better. Again, kind of just watching them almost back-to-back here. Um, as of this recording, when this drops, it, it for the white belt and red belt tier Patreon, the Io Shirai V10, uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship range should be in your podcast feeds. If not, it'll be there shortly. Just bear with us as I've been dropping a lot, a lot of content. Sean is just a busy, busy man. Plus, the NFL season is starting. I think he's got 42 uh, fantasy league teams that he has to manage. So, uh, on top of that, of being a uh, fantastic five star, see, I tie that in five star uh, father and husband as well. Uh, so, the Io Shirai uh, episode, again, if it's not in your feed, just bear with us. It'll be there soon. And then at the end of this month, the Julia Wonder of Stardom Championship Reign. That'll be in your feed at the end of this month. Again, I thank everyone so, so much for the support of the podcast. Go over to puro-tv.com. Uh, take a look. Look around. See what you like. Vista, V-I-S-T-A, 10. Gets you 10% off your order. And I believe that will pretty much do it for me. Uh, again, I thank everybody for bearing with me. I knew this would be a longer episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, you enjoyed it as much as I did talking about it. As you can hear, my voice is probably getting towards the end here. So I will uh, just close it out here just by saying, hey, this isn't just my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all in this together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. Have a great day and a great night. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.